as always, um, thank you for watching tonight. And uh, whether you're watching tonight or tomorrow, um, I just want to say thank you. And uh, I hope that you can hear me well tonight. As always, I, I say that just because we, you never know how technology works. And uh, if technology can be messed up, I am the one who usually does it. And, um, and uh, I hope that you were able to, to stay safe today with all the wind and cold weather. And apparently it's just going to get colder here. But I guess that's expected this time of year. But um, uh, as we continue through these stories of the judges, tonight we're going to hear a very common theme. And it's a theme that is used almost always in the book of Judges. Um, except for uh, what we're going to look at here in a couple nights. But the pattern that you and I have saw as we have been going through the Judges chapters of the book of Judges is that uh, the nation of Israel runs from God and um, God allows them to be in judgment. Uh, the people cry out to God and He raises up someone to deliver them. And I think it's interesting because God uses many different types of people. He uses many different um, ways to deliver people. And if there was one section in the Old Testament that is that is probably TMI, <laughs> uh, too much information. Um, uh, but God gave us this for a reason. And I think it's interesting um, because most of the time God says he called someone to lead the armies into battle. But um, this story gets very specific in how God delivered the children of Israel. And so it starts in Judges 3, and it says, So there was 40 years of peace and prosperity in the nation of Israel. Now the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord raised up this enemy king, to be victorious over Israel, to correct them. And so naturally, once again, they are conquered. They are in bondage for 18 years. But listen to verse 15, the same theme that we've heard over and over again. But with the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, Ehud, the son of Jerah, the Benjamite, a left-handed man, and the sons of Israel sent tribute by him to Eglon, the king of Moab. So the children of Israel are once again in bondage because of their sin. And they cry out to God just like they had done in Egypt. If you remember, the cries of the children in slavery came before God. And he raised up a leader. And I think it's interesting that, that every time that we look at the judges in this book, except for, I believe, one, it says the people cried and God raised up someone. The only time that we don't see that wording, I believe, is when we look at Deborah, and we'll look at that in a couple nights. But it gives this idea that God is waiting for us to cry out to Him. 
And if you're familiar with this story, it's one of the most interesting stories, I think, in the book of Judges. Um, this person that he raises up, he goes to this enemy king, and I won't read it all for the sake of time, and, and it's, a little, it's a little gory if you want to read it. And uh, he tricks this opposing king to get along with him, and he stabs him, and he kills him, and uh, sneaks away. And when the enemy has no leader, um, this individual leads the children of Israel to victory. And, and so it's just a unique story, but the significance of this is, is that God sends deliverance when the children of Israel cry out to God. And the same is true for you and I. God responds to the prayers of His people. The New Testament says it like this, you have not because you ask not. You you don't have because when you do ask, you ask amiss. You see, God knows what you're going to need. God knows what you're going to ask of Him. God knows what is best for you. But it's like the New Testament says, you have to ask, seek, knock. And so, God responds, though, in many different ways. You see, the children of Israel cried out, Lord, give us what we need. And God knew the best way to accomplish that. And so tonight, when you are thinking about your situation, whether it's in bondage like we've been looking at, God is waiting for you to cry out to Him. The Bible says that if you will draw near to God, He will draw near to you. If you want wisdom to know how to respond and live and make decisions, the Bible says ask, and He will freely give it. If you want to know um, if God will heal someone, the Bible says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If you need for someone in your family to be saved, you, you need to go to God and ask Him to save them. Now, God works in different ways and doesn't force Himself on people, but He's waiting for you to ask. Now, is God doing nothing while He waits? No. God's still at work. God's still moving. God's still orchestrating. God still has a purpose and a plan for your life. But in each one of these stories, if you go back in verse 9, And when the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer. And in verse 15, When the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them. This overwhelming pattern of God wants you and I to come to Him. As a parent, I enjoy being able to give my children what they need when they ask for it. Now, there are many times that I could give my kids what they need before they ask, but yet we allow them to ask so that they learn respect and, 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 and to trust people in many other ways. And God knows what you need before you ever ask of it. 
That's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough trouble for itself. Your Father in heaven knows what you need. Not what you want. He knows what you want. But He knows what you need as well. And so the children of Israel needed someone to deliver them. And so He raises up this uh, warrior Ehud and he, and he kills the opposing king and He leads the children of Israel to victory. And um, God does an amazing thing here. But I want you to know something. Each time God answered their prayers, they would eventually drift back away from Him. And that's how we are. If God has ever answered a prayer for you, I am sure that as God answered that prayer and and you saw that blessing or that miracle happen in your life, you were focused on God, right? You were praising Him and you were telling everybody about how He healed the sick person in your life, or He saved your lost family member, or He gave you wisdom to get this new job. But the longer you go from the blessing, sometimes it is easy to forget the blesser. And that's what the children of Israel did. When the blessing came, they were thankful for it. But as time went on, they forgot the one who gave them the blessing. And tonight, so my challenge to you is to remember the blesser when you cry out and he answers it. You see, if you're thankful for your spouse that God gave you, sometimes it's easy to take them for granted the longer that you are married. Think about something that you've bought new, maybe a new pair of shoes, a new vehicle, a new four-wheeler, um, when you first get it right, you, you take good care of it. You know, you don't eat in the car. We don't want to get any stains. Uh, you take your shoes off and you only wear the good ones where you're not going to get them muddy. But as time goes on, right? Well, I'm hungry. I'm going to go through the drive through Don't worry about it. Or those shoes get a scuff here and a scuff there. And so it doesn't really matter. The new wears off. And in our spiritual walk, if we are not daily spending time with Jesus, reading our Bibles in prayer, faithfully attending church, we will slowly start that drift as well. And tonight, God wants you to not just love Him because of the blessings, but because that He is the blesser. And so if you're in that place in your life where you're not as excited about Jesus as you once were, you're not as close to Him as you once were. If you have gotten over the great things that God has done for you, I want to caution you and warn you with something, that God will get your attention one way or the other. You see, it's like the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son asked for his portion, and the father gave it to him. And what did the prodigal son do with that portion? He didn't thank his father and stay there and work for him and honor him. No, he took that and he went to a far-off country. And the Bible says he spent it on women and wine and the pleasures of this life. And when the money ran out and his friends were no longer there, he found himself eating in the hog trough. And if you remember that story, when he hit rock bottom, he said, 
I could go back to be a servant in my father's house and be treated better than I am. You see, that prodigal son never had to hit rock bottom. He never had to leave his father's house. His father didn't force him to leave. His father didn't convince him to leave. He willingly left. And friends, tonight, God is not forcing you to drift away. God is not forcing you to let other things in your life become the most important priority. God is not forcing you to follow the sinful desires of your heart. But He'll let you go. But there's one great thing about God. He loves you too much to let go of you. You see, God will let you go a certain distance, but He loves you too much to let you go completely. And so before you get too far away, God will allow you to hit rock bottom. And there's two choices when you hit rock bottom. You can either repent like the children of Israel did and cry out to God and He'll bring you home. Or two, you can ignore God's warnings. You can ignore rock bottom and just keep heading to the destruction that you're on. You see, that's why I love the story of the judges so much. Because no matter how many times Israel hit rock bottom, of their own doing, by the way, they'd cry out to God. And because God loved them so much, He heard their prayers and He answered them. They'd forget about Him and they'd hit rock bottom and they'd cry out to God and He'd bring them back over and over and over again. But don't miss this simple truth tonight. Simple but not easy. He always waited until what? They asked Him. It's not because they controlled God because God's not a genie that you can control. But He's like a loving Father. And He says, I can, I can save you if you'll ask. I can intervene if you'll ask. That's why the Bible says in the New Testament that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You've got to accept Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life as the Lord and Savior of your life. Tonight, if you're watching these videos every night and, and I pray that the Lord's blessing you, maybe it's God's trying to get a hold of you to come back to Him. Come back to your church family. Come back to those relationships that, that you have given up on. Because God is willing to rescue you and to rescue me when we hit rock bottom. And uh, I would encourage you to read uh, Judges chapter 3 and look at the details of the story and how God used it. Uh, Ehud and and it's really a neat story. It was not neat for the guy that got stabbed and died, but you know, but God intervened. And so uh, tonight, remember that that when you hit rock bottom, God is willing to rescue, redeem, and work. You've just got to call out to Him, cry out to Him, and God will hear you. As always, I just want you to know that I love you and I'm praying for you. And I really do mean it tonight that if you're just beat down and discouraged and, 
and you just feel hopeless or maybe tonight you're listening to this and you don't know whether or not you're truly saved, um, reach out to me. Uh, I want you to, to know that you're loved and that there's hope and that if you don't know Jesus, that tonight can be the greatest night of your life. If you'll confess Him with your mouth, believe Him with your heart, and trust Him as your Savior. And so as always, if the rapture doesn't happen, and the Lord is willing, we'll see you tomorrow night.